Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, episode 130. This week's episode, we have Israel Palacio. Now, Israel has some really exciting stories from his life, going from playing at a professional level of soccer in Mexico to now creating some unbelievable images and video and is just moving into some really exciting stuff in the outdoor active world. Can't wait to get into this interview. Welcome to the Chasing Tomorrow podcast, Israel. Oh, man. It's an absolute honor being with you guys, Don and Joe. Like, thank you for the opportunity. Well, Israel, I think, you know, the fun for me when we think about sort of the, the craft that you're working on, this storytelling of, <clears throat> you know, sport, people, inspiration, desperation, all of the elements of emotion that can come out. I just keep thinking, though, you know, so many of us a little bit older remember just what Warren Miller did to the skiing world, you know, whatever it was 30 years ago when he was out with people filming stuff that we never saw on camera, you know, and you, you got these pretty kitschy kind of things going on. We've come such a long way since then. Of course, you know, um, he continued on. And I think that you guys are really starting to take this craft to just a completely new level. So we're going to get into that, but, but what would be fun is like, how do you bridge this? So you were a soccer player. I mean, and we know that outside the U S football, like that's the sport, you know, if you're going to play. And so, and, and people probably don't know enough about Mexico, but very competitive, you know, soccer teams. How do you go from that to, you know, carrying around a camera, trying to tell stories people doing incredible athletic activities just take us through a little bit of your own journey um i would say like you know soccer movement has always been kind of like since i was little my dad trained martial arts and i actually have some photos of me like being one year old and my strength were kicks so it kind of like he explained to me like long time ago like four principles that are within the martial arts world right and they're very basic. They're like keeping one point, which is being center, relax completely, uh, use your weight. It's called weight underside, and then extension of key, which means like kind of like having like a clear focus to where you're going, and make, breaking through like any barriers, you know, because your energy is so strong to go forward. And I always thought like that was kind of like pretty cool. And I was able to like, you know, break little silly things like popsicle sticks with my hand. Later on, I found out my wife at the same time used to break pencils. So like my dad was like, oh, dude, you're, just, you're dishonored. <laughs> Don't belong in this family. <laughs> but, uh, but that, I, I guess that I always try to put it into sports. Mm. And it was silly because I didn't really know how to put it in. I thought it was like this crazy superpower that humans have. But in reality, it just meant to be focused and to be present, right? Because mm. like when you're focused and present, you can kind of like be aware of your surroundings and you're able to see things that you normally wouldn't see if you're like in a very crazy state of mind or, you know, if you're anxious or excited, like all those things like always come to play. So I kind of like did hand-to-hand -hand martial arts and soccer for the longest time when I Long story short, I played in Pachuca for two years. I got injured and I decided to go home and start kind of like a family business. I was pretty, a little bit older than the people that were already going for my, you know, place in the team. And I found like, all right, you know, this is maybe change of career will be fine. I went to study business. I didn't finish, but I went for it. And then head from there, um, later on in life, I started business with my family in San Diego which led me to kind of like hang out with my now wife, Kaimi. And we started a gym called Authentic Gym. And the idea of that gym was to bring authenticity through movement. Actually, our quote was, I move, therefore I am. Because I feel like mm -hmm. if you move your body, you kind of connect the mind. And if you move the mind, you connect the body. And, you know, similar to kind of like the runner's high, how they call it. Mm -hmm. I used to have that in soccer where it was like moments where like everything stopped and you can pretty much see and feel and you can give a pass without with 
certainty that it was going to go to that player. And I love that because it involved team sports, right? It involved communication and, and just never give up kind of attitude. And we had crazy stories in the soccer fields, but my wife started doing martial arts and we needed content for the gym. And that's how it all started. Mm. Like, actually, my brother gave a uh, gift to me my first camera I didn't know how to use. And it was pretty wow. cool because like, I was like, man, this looks easy. And it's not, you know, like once you start educating yourself <laughs> on the subject. But it was through my wife creating content for her that it was, I was like, wait, I kind of understand the timing. I know when she's going to jump. I know when she's going to do this. And in martial arts, there's a lot of respect for the craft. And there's like a process to, you know, the history of the weapon, how do you approach a mat? Like there's more than meets the eye. So sometimes when you see a martial artist, you don't really understand what they're going through. But I realize there's a very similar process between being a martial artist than being a soccer player. And at the same time, nowadays, I find that same feeling taking photos. I like to say like there's people who create, they have something in their mind they go and I need to go shoot what I have in my mind. And for me, it's like, I love documenting the process because within the documentation of that process, you get to know your subject. And if you care enough to learn from them, you're able to pull up some images that mean something. And mostly it means something for that person. That's why I was so excited to shoot with, 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 with you, Don, because I felt like that moment in time we shared something special that was important for you and yeah. your family and your friends and me being a little part of that is what brings me a lot of joy and happiness and makes it feel like it's not work. So. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's such a, an important element. It's, it's really cool to hear your story of how you just kind of, you know, not really purposely took it over, but you, you saw a need and you filled that void and it became something that is, it, it's your life works, life's work now, which is really inspiring. And yeah. So for everybody listening, just to piggyback on what, what he just said was Israel was there in New York city with Joe and I, when I was on the treadmill and um, was there capturing the highs, the lows, uh, pretty much everything. And I, those, those photos mean a lot to me. I just pulled them up the other day and they, they elicit a ton of emotion in my heart. And that's a bond that you and I will always have because you, you helped capture that and you helped me, you know, 50 years from now, I'll still have those photos. So that's something that that's a, it's a pretty special gift that not many people can give somebody. So thank you. But uh, there's, there's a word that you use and I want to, I want to go back to it and you use the word authenticity the authenticity through movement, authenticity of your work. And I, and I think looking through your portfolio and looking through your work, you capture things from an angle that, and, and I'm, I'm not a photographer, I'm not a videographer, so um, just stick with me on this. It's, it, it brings out a little bit more emotion and it brings out more like relatability than a lot of the brand photography that I see in the world. So the, the question I want to ask you is, is when you go into a shoot and, and you've, you're working with some of the, the top athletes in the world, how are you able to connect with an athlete differently than what it looks like a lot of the other photographers in the world are doing? What, what's your secret sauce or, or what do you bring that, that can give you these really emotional photos? I, I think, I, I mean, thanks for a compliment. I feel like I care. That's the only thing. I feel like I consistently try to learn from different photographers, you know, like even talking about Colton or like friends like Ovid that I, they're near me. Like they, they shoot the most amazing shots and they work really good with models as well. And I feel like learning the angles and learning from other photographers has taught me kind of like how to like compose a photo, I guess. But at the end of the day, like my goal is to be a bridge between what I want to see more in the world. And sometimes people are so like into their craft that they don't have the time to go and shoot that. So when I approach an athlete, like I've had the opportunity to shoot for the Olympic training center here in San Diego. And like, my first question is like, kind of like, what's your, why, why are you doing this? And from there, like, they just start telling me and in my head, I start imagining things with that question. And then it's like, 
my second question is like, what do you want to manifest out of our shoot? Like, what's that? I believe like the, I mean, it sounds kind of like mama jumbo, but like taking a photo is like capturing a moment of energy and then putting an intention to it can potentially manifest into something that it will benefit the athlete. And I believe in the quote, like, if you rise, I rise. So when I approach an athlete, I'm like, I want to know like what's, what they want to send a message for. And then based on that, like just focusing on what's best available in the day, right? Some locations suck. Sometimes the, the sun will go crazy. Sometimes the moon, like the, the clouds come in. And I think documenting that moment in time is what makes me want to go shoot. And, and I guess that's my approach to it in a simplified way. It's interesting. And as I'm listening, there's a, there's a concept that people talk about this idea of being a servant leader. And, you know, there's this juxtaposition of two sunny, you know, sort of contrarian perspectives, what a servant is versus a leader. And so how could you serve and lead, right? I mean, but the best leader really is a good servant because what is a leader really doing? Yes, they're providing vision, but at the end of the day, they're enabling. And it sounds a little bit like your approach is to sort of reflect that back into this, which is that, you know, <clears throat> by not bringing too much of who you are to change the dynamic of what's being created, you're allowing for it to be created through your sort of method of interacting, if that makes any sense. But it just feels like it's a, it's a bit of a dynamic that is, you have to really be good at. That makes sense is real to you? Yeah, no, it makes, I, I, I think leadership, you know, you said it best. I feel like, I mean, going back to the moments I live with you guys, like the leadership within your team is like, it's a codependent leadership because you can tell that there's moments that you're all there for a mission and you're all supporting the same mission. I feel like a photo shoot in my, in my world is the same. Can mm -hmm. I elevate the brand? Can I elevate the person shooting the brand? Can I represent them correctly? Or even like, you know, I get sometimes people are like, I don't want any photos of me because I don't, I don't look good in camera. And I don't believe that. I feel like you look, you don't look good because you have a perception of what the world is telling you how you should look. Yeah. And that's the reason why I don't like necessarily modeling shoots because it's like, it sends a message, you know, I've been in shoots with brands like, I'm going to say it, like Petco and they hire models to go shoot for, you know, pretend to be a groomer. But then I asked the people inside the store and there's a groomer there that's been working for 20 years and she's freaking awesome. And I sit down with her and I was like, what got you into this? You know, I ended up taking like a photo of her during the shoot because I was like, here's you go. Like, this is for you because I feel like you do care for the puppies. Mm -hmm. And then like, but in the world that doesn't sell, right? Yeah. And I try to do the opposite. I feel like I used to think like the underdog mentality, but I switched that a long time ago. Cause like, I feel like the underdog is always suffering. And in this case, I want to make it more like, I want to put in the map people that I want to see more of in the world. So yes, it makes sense because leadership comes from people doing what they love. And that's pretty cool. So at what point in your process then would you push back on that maybe, or, or stand up for what you believe is going to produce the best shoot or best results versus what the brand is saying. Just give us a little look behind the curtain of kind of what element and, and what pull you have as a photographer versus the brand director saying, give me this. Um, honestly, like I've been lucky to work with brands that kind of like trust that, right? Like I, even like working with like 10,000, we had like very strong material and you know, like you meet the athletes and you see the photo and it's like, it is the athlete. It is how it is. So like their creative briefs are like, we want this mood because we want to show authenticity. They don't like modeling poses. They don't like, so like most of the brands that I work I, here and there, there are few that I, I kind of like just give them what they want, but the majority are just like that. It's like, you know, what do you see here? Can we do that? And that's why it doesn't feel like a job. I mean, sometimes the liberals get crazy, but that's another story. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> when you so show someone, <clears throat> say a hundred shots that you took and they pick one they really like 
What do you think they see when they see a photo of themselves they really like? That's a good question. Uh, I would say, like, at the end of the day, like, they see love. And that would be, like, you know, I've seen photos of me that I really like. And I can't, I remember what I was thinking when they took that photo. And I was like, oh, that's, that's me. Like, that is really me. Like, most of the time I'm showing a different face or, you know, like different state of mind that I'm normally not myself because either I'm worried or thinking of the future or things like that. So I feel like the moment, some of the photos that people like is because I caught like a present moment. And that's why I like documenting the story because it means that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you take me as somebody that is, well, you said it before, you're, you're kind of self-taught, you're learning as you go, you're figuring it out. What is something that you're working on right now that um, is kind of your passion play for learning? Like where, where is your interest lie as far as growing your own photography skills? I, I think your work is incredible now, but I, I know you well enough to know that there's something that you really want to learn that you've seen. So, so let's, let's dig into the kind of the future of your photography. Uh, I really admire Jimmy Chin and Chris Barker. Mm-hmm. I feel like those dudes, like they always say like, um, there's a benchmark for everything that I want to do. Right. And my benchmark involves someone like them because they're not just great photographers and they're not just great storytellers. They're badass athletes. And they're like, you know, they care about the environment. They care about, they respect the land that they step on they care about their teammates and I, at the end of the day, like, you know, if someone can see that photo, it's like, I can take that photo. And it's like, not really because Jimmy, like it's in another level of athleticism. And I feel like I want to be disciplined and I'm working right now on self-discipline, sleeping more, getting consistent workouts, um, you know, recovery and all that kind of stuff, because I want to make my body an athlete. I was, like I used to be in a way into like creating content that takes me to places that I really understand the magnitude where I'm living in and sharing those experiences with people that I care for and have like some similar vision. So I guess that's where I want to head in the world. It's like epicness in a way, but that it means something to me. Yeah, I think, you know, and so I think it's great. And I think that's a, a really good way to think that there are the, so the foundation pillars that you need to build upon, otherwise you can't do great work. And so, you know, so if you have a good camera and you're, you know, in Antarctica, but you have no pillar of like strength in terms of your ability to be there in the moment or deal with the cold or whatever, you know, like there are pillars that you should build. And I think it allows us to execute better because when that moment happens, all the resources are coming you know, to perform. And so, and then I think that in keeping with that, there's this sort of the question of like, you know, what is good and how would you define that? And then be really clear and explicit about, you know, like often when people are unhappy, I often say, well, let's like define what better is. Like sit down and do that. And then if you define better, then maybe you can go get it. And I think that's what, the best do they know what that is and then they they make that the pursuit you know <clears throat> and but that takes effort right and so for you right that's going to take i think that's really interesting the next level for you isn't that can you shoot a picture it's can israel be ready right at his best because then you'll see through that lens something different i 100 percent agree with that that's what i'm trying to like I've been keeping a, a journal uh, since last year. I was actually sad because I lost, I had this little journal where I was like asking people to write something when I go shoot with them. I lost it, so I stopped that. But I kept writing each shoot that I do, kind of like what I've learned, what I learned from the person, um, what could I have done better. But mostly like, you know, what was the strong connection within that day? And it's very, like, it took away a lot of the anxiety of going into shoots or like, the self-doubt is like, am I doing good? Like, 
did you like the photo? Because we all, I have some that sometimes. And it's like, you know, start writing it. And especially I don't consider myself a good writer, but I'm determined to kind of learn how to do that. Because, you know, watching you guys take notes during that day, it's like, how can you be better than yesterday if you're not tracking what you did today? And that hit me hard because I was like, that's so true. Like, how can I improve 1% if I don't know what I did today? Yeah. You know, I didn't log it. And, and in a way, it's documenting the story as well. So, yeah, that's what I started doing this year. So I'm excited for it. I actually look forward to going right after a shoot. And it brings some sort of peacefulness to it as well. Love that. Yeah, that's always the, if you can, what is the saying? If you can track it, you can improve it. Something like that. So there you go. It's 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 good to journal. It's good to log, and it's it's good to to track it. I'm, I think pretty much most people that have heard me talk know I'm really big on uh, self data and experimenting and, and growing whatever you can. So so kudos to you for for jumping in and, and trying to grow that one percent. Um, all right. So I want to kind of pivot just a little bit with you and get less about the specifics of photography and a little bit more on process. Um, I, I think most people can understand and, and relate to, to process. So you, you're a family man, you're a contractor, you travel a lot, you create incredible content. Talk to me through your process of just keeping it all together, making sure you're holding yourself to the high standards, which, you know, you want to produce while still being present whenever possible. So I, I just really want to dig into that because uh, I think most people are fascinated on, on those steps. Um, I would say I like the work. I like work ethic. And I didn't understand that until recent years. But since little, I guess I've been working since I was like 12. I always had a job. And I think like approaching photography, is the same it's like every time i go shoot is like a moment to refocus that energy and trying to like figure out like all the details is the hardest part i was just talking about this with a client i am actually in a point where i actually need help probably bringing in some sort of like intern or or a teammate that can help me with like paperwork emails scare me like spiders so when i see like a email i'm like <laughs> i love don emails because it's like simple you know it's like straight to the point but when they give me lists i get lost. i can read a book but I, when i read an email i just go like okay i'm reading an email i need to focus you know um honestly i've been also <laughs> taking a little bit of like i left caffeine like two weeks ago and i've been trying to like drink a little bit more calming uh teas like chamomile or lavender mm -hmm. and stuff like that and I found like the process to me is like between shoots is sit down, meditate a little bit. Uh, and by that, I mean, just take deep breaths and get all the details in one page, uh, have my schedule in a second page that is easy to me. And that makes it like super easy to work. And immediately because working with individuals like yourself and some of the projects that I've been blessed to have in my life right now, I'm really excited to go edit right after. So like, I noticed that a lot of people need space to think and do that. Uh, I don't, when I finish a project, I really want to jump into it because it kind of like, I have the flow for it. I struggle with clients coming back and saying a shoot from months ago, can we redo this? Because then it does put like a, like a wrench in the whole thing. Mm. And those are the moments that get me like a little bit anxious and stress. But at the end of the day, I try not to let that. My wife helps me with that a lot. You know, like, just breathe, calm down. Like, you don't need to respond to all emails. And in a way, it's like kind of also learning to say no to things. And I used to think like, oh, saying no is like, you know, like you're saying no to abundance or to jobs. But now I see it as like, no, saying no means also like putting some sort of limitations or something in writing that says like this is how I, we work these are your deliverables but i would say that i love the work like i honestly truly love it so it makes it easy to do the traveling and all that kind of stuff at the same time so yeah i don't know if that answered the question but 
Yeah, that's good. I think, uh, well, you're not carrying any burden going in. So you can maximize your energy you put into what you're doing rather than fighting it. Every time we're doing that, we're pulling some of the energy out of our system. And therefore, how good can we be? It's like driving a car at tires are out of alignment. You just can't go at the same speed. And so, so no, that's good. I, I wonder, you know, like, cause sometimes when you think about doing what you do in that kind of setting, like we all experience with Don, you know, is how much is it you walk in thinking I want these shots and how much is it reacting to the moment when you go and do this kind of work? I would say, uh, 80% is reacting. Mm -hmm. Every time I come in with a plan, it doesn't go accordingly. And <laughs> that is like, you know, like it's when you kind of have a plan and you have like specific goals and metrics and then all of a sudden you're pissed when you don't get it. Yep. Um, I watched this movie a few years ago when I injured my first time the ACL. It's called Peaceful Warrior. And there's a quote in that movie that said, um, you find the love in what you do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that changed a lot of mindset in my head because it was not chasing the goal. I'm not chasing the shot. I'm chasing, can I be present during this shoot with all the environment around me? And when I used to do martial arts, I guess like sparring brought that a lot to me. It was never like hate against the opponent mm. or trying to like hurt him or like not to get hurt. It was like, can I be in this game slash dance and, you know, face my fears. And I feel like most of the shoots, you face a lot of fears, you know, cause there's budget in the line, there's an athlete, there's a time, you know, like, especially working with Olympic athletes, I always have to ask like, all right, guys, what within your training can we do today that I don't want to ask something to, for you to do that causes an injury, you know? So it's like, it's very delicate sometimes, but like the more I do it, the more I learn their process. And, you know, the one thing that we always say as photographers is like, can I do one more, <laughs> one more shot? <laughs> and, it, and it sucks when I say it, I don't like saying it. So I've, I've been trying to switch that word, but yeah, I guess it's that, you know, like you're always in a way reacting and there's some shoots that are always like oh this i got this i've done this before i understand the setting and the more you do it i guess it becomes second nature so yeah um, that's what i aim to do like make it so it's like i don't have to think about it just feel it and yeah. that's practice so this always this question always really interests me at like talking to creative types when you're at a shoot and maybe even more specifically when you're in, in your, on your computer, editing, cutting, things like that. How do you know when you're done? Like what, what process do you go through to know that like, Hey, this is the final result. Um, I go through every photo. Like I know I shouldn't do that. I know a lot of my colleagues go through them really quick, select, mark them and then edit those ones. That's probably the most smartest way to do it because it's time efficient. But like, I found out like sometimes in the weirdest photos that I would never think I find something that is pretty cool mm -hmm. and photos that I never thought would make the cut made it. And then I see them on calendars or like in, you know, brochures or like catalogs for brands. And it's like, that's pretty sick. Like, I'm glad I did it. I, I went for it. And once I'm done, like revisioning the whole photos, I edit as I go. So that kind of like sets the tongue because light always changes, even though you get the same setting sometimes. So yeah, that's what I do. I edit every single photo and I don't have a limit on the photos I deliver. I know I should do that, but I don't because I believe in like the no waste mentality. So if I can give you a hundred photos because I have a hundred solid photos, they're yours, like go use them. And hopefully it lasts longer than the 20 that you paid for. So, so let's talk a little bit about where the art is today. You know, remember the 35 millimeter camera we had, right? <laughs> a roll of film and we, funniest part, right? You could leave the film in the camera for months. And then the minute you take it out, you want it instantly developed. It was always the funniest thing, but you know, but anyway, <laughs> 
I think Clark Photo closed down, sadly, and you can't send your rolls of film to them anymore. But so now we're all digital. You know, you can both take a million pictures and you can really change it up. Like, how do you feel about digital? Like, how does it affect you? How does that sort of bring, you know, both capability, limitations, whatever? Like, how is it for you? I feel like. I want to learn film because it seems like a from every photographer that I met that has shot film and learned the process years ago, like there was even more like art to it, right? Like now mm -hmm. we have the potential to shoot thousands of photos and get lucky. And yeah. you I mean you still gotta know the settings and you still gotta know mm -hmm. how to like compose and all that. But I feel like there's something beautiful in like taking your time. I have one friend, his name is Kenny. I, we went to first event, he shot five photos. I shot probably 400. And I was able to tell a story, create videos, but the five photos he shot, they were deserved to be on a wall printed somewhere, you know, cause like he took his time to find that perfect moment. I like that perspective, but for business wise, it's so hard. Yeah. Because it doesn't work that way in the world today. Yeah. I like the perspective from like uh, Steven Pressfield that says like creativity hits me every day, eight o'clock sharp because it's a habit. So like I've been trying to combine both and not only, you know, work, work, work this way, but try to figure out how can I also take my time and enjoy one shot, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I feel like the digital world definitely has helped more people tell their story. You know, and it's always in the tools, how we use the tools more than is a tool taking over. So, yeah, I like it. I like both. And my goal is to get like a Leica because they're mm -hmm. usually like more artistic. Yeah. And mm -hmm. easy to kill. And my wife won't say like, why you always have to bring that biggest camera with you? But she likes <laughs> it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, so I think just to kind of keep going in this in this area pretty much everybody today can consider themselves some kind of a photographer right like whether you just you're at a graduation and you grab pictures on your camera or you have your leica around your your neck so what what when, when we're taking pictures of something this is going to be kind of a two-part question just stick with me here um one how can how, what advice do you have for people that they can both be in the moment and get photos? I, you see so many people that are taking pictures and then you ask them about the event. They're like, I don't know. And they have to go through their pictures because they were so focused on photographing that yeah. they weren't actually living in the moment. And then just like, what other generic recommendations do you have for people that pick up their camera phone and want to take photos? Like, are there any apps or anything that you might be able to throw out? Um, this is just mostly for you know, if I think about my mom, like if she picks up her phone, like give me some advice here. <laughs> um, I would say like, if you're really focused on the photo, you're actually living in the moment. And that makes it like remarkable. Like if you were able to take a photo you're proud of, like I see a lot of people just, you know, I've done events where they come in and just go like this with their phone, take photos and they leave. So like, yeah, that probably is not, I don't know how to say that, but I say like if you're focusing on on taking a good photo and it actually is a moment. So um, I would recommend apps like Lens Distortion. I use that a lot because it's similar to my color palette. Um, I recommend the Moment, which is a brand for like you know phone lenses. They have a cool app. They can actually make your. Sorry about that. That's my my shit too. Um, <laughs> But like the brand moment, uh, you can kind of like make your phone camera as a professional camera, like manage your settings. So you can look long shutter, like you can make it fast. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are the only two apps that I use with my phone. Uh, Chase Jarvis said it best, the best camera is the one that's with you. So like, I find like, I used to not use my phones, but I recently did my first kind of like post where I'm actually filming with my phone. And it, it was pretty fun to just be able to grab your phone and capture a moment rather than wait to get the perfect settings on a camera. So 
uh, I'm going to find, I can't remember the name of the book, but I read this book that is kind of like the only book you need for photography, I think is the title. It's a little black book and it made it like so simple. When you talk to older photographers, it made it sound so like esoteric and like, I can never do that. When I read that book, it was like, oh, this is what they meant, you know, and just simple rule of thirds and learning how to use lines. And I took ge uh, geometry in school and I hated it. And now I love it. <laughs> it's, just, it's basically it, you know. Is there <clears throat> is there a setting that you really like to shoot in? Nature. Mm. Yeah. Like if you put me out in the fields, I'm in my best element. So love that. Talk yeah. a little bit about light and how that affects taking pictures. Light is uh, light is challenging, especially with cameras. But I would say like I love moody and like kind of like walking into the light type of photos. That's why I think like shooting for 10,000 in athletes works because it's like you shoot at the worst lighting conditions all the time. Because if they want to do a hike, it's at 12 o'clock. You know, you want to go shoot with Eric Hinman, then you got to first chase the guy. And then once you actually kind of caught up with him, like, you know, you get what you get with the light. So <laughs> it's like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, control environments are fun too. Like, I feel like there's a lot of art within the flash photography. And a lot of my friends are pretty good at it. You know, like, I love watching those photo shoots because I get to learn how they bounce light, how to use reflectors, like mm -hmm. the way they they choose to create like a, you know, there's a lot of psychology in photography as well. And I guess that's probably also one of my goals is like learning what they're doing in the Hollywood world to portray an idea of what the world should be, but mm -hmm. grabbing those techniques and then making it happen for people that I want to see more of. And all of this is light and sound, right? Like you can have the craziest footage, but if you light it well and you put good audio on it, that's why I think a lot of good DJs, when they turn into video, they make the most epic content because they understand the sound. Mm -hmm. so that's one thing I'm always like, I mean, I'm going to call uh, Andrew Shelley from 10,000. He edits most of their work. Like the dude is like a magician when it comes to sound because the tracks that he chooses, the feel, it's just like, you know, he pays attention. And it's cool to see that. Like you get to see like how people perceive the world. And they're using different parts of the census. So I guess like at the end of the day, I want to learn from those people and try to come up with my own. You can you, think that... you always feel sound, right? You know? Always. Yeah. Always. And that's that's kind of what I was wondering is is do you when you're looking at your photographs and, and edit the editing them and going through, do you add sound in your head as you're editing them and kind of like adding that psychology of sound to your still photos? I do it even when I'm shooting. I'm like making weird sounds. I'm like, bam. And then I'm like, when I'm editing, like I have to edit with music. So like, you know, like music always gives you a feel and it makes me kind of like be present. So, you know, like I was in uh, New York and I saw Lion King. It just brought me back to the race. Yeah. I was like, I said, I think I sent you a photo. You did. Yeah. I got a text out of the blue of, uh, of Lion King on Broadway. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like I felt, I felt like Kylie went me back to the smells that we had in, in, the, in that area. Like it's crazy, you know? And I feel like, uh, they say like your subconscious mind is always there. Like you never forget anything. You just have to be relaxed enough to tap into it. And it's crazy how an image sound or a smell can bring you into like something that, mm -hmm. you know, instantaneously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Israel, the funniest part of the story is, you know, so if I go back in my life right, you know, when we didn't have digital, I was making mixtapes, you know, from one tape to another. So I could have a party because like music could make a party. I mean, it always has been able to, and you know, like some of the best DJs in the world have done that. And so, I always sort of like cared about music, played it, have good playlists. So then show up at, you know, the Lifetime Fitness and Don's running and he's like, hey, you want to take over the music? And I'm like, oh, sure. 
So <laughs> like the next 10 hours I'm trying to DJ here and I'm like more stressed than I have, you know, running a company. And, <clears throat> and then, you know, like you get the song wrong and the guy's like, ah, I don't want to hear this song again. And then, you know, like, <laughs> Can you play Lion King? And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, really? <laughs> like, if I had picked Lion King, you guys would have kicked me out onto the street. You know, like, what's the matter with you? Like, but it's just a funny part of the story. So, <laughs> for the rest of time, that will be the story of life, which is, you know, sometimes you just don't know what's going to work. So, you got to try everything <laughs> until it does. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. It's such an important strategy is just to be a little agile in tough situations to be able to pivot, right? I didn't know I wanted or needed Lion King at two in the morning, <laughs> but that hour of Disney sing-along, and I mean, seeing Israel and Andrew was like the biggest fan of Disney and knew all of the words. And it's just like... It was stupid, it was fun, and it was amazing. And I think that's a, that's a really important lesson to be learned there, that sometimes the thing you need the most is the thing that probably on paper or even looking back seems the silliest, but like you just don't know. And being willing to try something, for me, that saved my night because that totally took me from a really low point to this is fun, this is silly, I'm with a great group of people. That's yeah, pretty like cool. The- the pumpkin pie at the aid station that you never would have eaten, but yeah. it makes your whole day. So, no, I think it's just a great story just of that night, but also of the point of yeah. don't, block, don't block yourself into just one way, right? Because you never know what you might find if you... I'm sure if we talk to Jimmy Chin about some of the different... Like, well, when they shot Free Solo, like the amount of sort of different tries and like do this and like you know so yeah <clears throat> all there that, that's why i love it i feel like the process is what i'm and when you say like about work ethic like i love the process yeah it's like that is where i find like the most joy is like you know at the end of the day the the photos are just like the cherry on the cake is that how you say it yeah, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. like it's like that point of like, hey, this is cool. I got something out of it. But like, you know, being in that gym with you, I was like in the bathroom and I start hearing the Lion King. And I don't know why I'm freaking singing that song when I'm like peeing. But I was like, dude, what is happening? <laughs> and I went around and I was like, the energy just went from like, oh my gosh, like, is he okay? Is he hurt? Like, we're in mile, you know, I think it was what mile we're in there, like, 50 or something like that i can't remember but yeah just change everything like you said and it's like it's freaking cool because now every time i hear that song i think of you and it's not just you i think of your mom i think of like everybody who's there you know it's like it's pretty cool i think the other thing just to throw in on this sort of interesting theme of liking the work finishing the race being there like don't leave before the end you know like there's so many people like I've worked ungodly amount of hours on projects in my life. And then there's a lot of people that just like dying to leave, you know, before you finish the deliverable, I gotta go, I gotta go. And I'm like, how do you leave now? Like, you know, like we're and and I think that that is people are, I don't hope they're not afraid of what might happen, but like you really want to stay to the end because you just, that's, you never know. Like, right. That's, and so there were these two girls who came who were at the gym just because they were at the gym and I kept seeing them. And then I was talking to them at one point and like, I don't know, it was like 1130 or 12 at night. And I said, well, you have a good night. They said, well, we're going to be back because we got to see how this ends. And they didn't know Don from a hole in the wall, but they wanted to be part of the experience. And I think it's that, it's that you got to want to work. You got to want to be there. Right. Cause then, yeah, you never know what you might find. No, I think it's beautiful. Like that's exactly what I do. Like I don't put hours on my shoots either because most of the shots that I'm excited, not most, but a few of those shots that I'm really proud of happened right before everybody was leaving. Yeah. And it's always like, you know, like you gotta be in it. And I love it. So yeah, I agree a hundred percent with that. <laughs> Just one more. 
just one more. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a for me it's always there's a healthy amount of curiosity on seeing something through, even if even if you're kind of failing to your estimation, like this isn't this isn't what I set out for. Like I'm really curious. Like, okay, well, can I surprise myself? Can I come back? Can I like whatever? Like re reset. I always say this. Like, move your goalposts and see if you can hit that um, from the athlete perspective. And then you know, from the creative perspective, you're probably right. You've probably captured things that you never expected to capture just because you were willing to be kind of curious of what was going to happen and what was going to play out. Even if like, Oh, this looks like it's trending towards the negative thing. Uh, just keep an open mind, stay curious. You just never know what you're going to see. I agree with that. I think like one of the like moments that I love the most is exactly that. It's like when you feel like, Oh, everybody should leave right now. And then that's when I'm like, I don't know, this source of energy comes back and it's like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. I got this, you know? So it's fine, man. We it's said uh, <clears throat> a while back that the intersection of curiosity and courage is where magic happens. Oh, yeah. I've never heard that before. That's pretty cool. You know, that's really it, man. That's what you do, though. Because you have that sort of inner strength to go deep and you have that, you know, childlike enthusiasm for life, which we lose too fast in our lives. And when you can hold on to that, you know, laugh and be silly, you know, play a game, keep your mind open, don't close it down, don't make it predictable. And then we can really do some cool things. You know, so Israel, I mean, we're, we love having people like you go create for all of us, right? Because we can benefit from the work that you do. So that's awesome. So like, as you start to think about, you know, like what's next for you, you know, we, we crafted the Chasing Tomorrow podcast. <clears throat> we had this idea that we would meet intriguing people doing extraordinary things, you know, and, you know, you're setting out on that path. So like, what's your Chasing Tomorrow? What are you going to like keep going and doing to do next? Um, I have a couple of things that I'm working on that I really want to get off. For, I guess this is for myself and um, I've been wanting to do a series called Essence. I found out like in most conversation, most places, uh, anywhere that I've been, there's always a moment of miscommunication. And that comes from like even not reading the person correctly, what they're really trying to tell you, or it comes from like not listening or not being open. And I feel like if people were able to see Essence within each other, you automatically know what the truth is. And that eliminates so many obstacles of what can progress and what can be better or how can we live more peacefully or love each other, right? And I want to find that because I feel like stories within people, if you show their essence, um, people will understand, be more empathic and they will have more, more love to each other rather than just like, oh, you know, you're black, you're white, you're whatever, or your religion is this, or like, I'm not like, kind of like Mother Teresa, like don't invite me to an anti-war, but if you invite me to a pro-peace, I'll be there, you know? And it's like finding like even especially traveling and getting to know different people and what they care for. At the end of the day is love. They care for love. And once you're in that frequency, like, there's no misunderstanding of what's important to you and what's important to me. So I want to create those series because I feel like the more I share that of other people, like maybe more people will be, you know, more compassionate to each other. So I'm excited for that. I have like a nonprofit that I want to do along those sides related to creating food. So I'm still working on my kind of like how this would be like a, slash business plan but i feel like that's what i'm i want to start creating this year i already shot my first episode haven't edited it i did it with brian gallagher he's uh he goes by instagram by simple man guide and yes yeah. you, know, so, you know brian so yeah uh i shot with him and it was not exact again going back to what i had in mind for his episode went completely not what we shot 
right? Like, so I stopped doing that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to have like some sort of interview first. And then out of that, like go create whatever that day brings us. And then it's a moment in time that we were able to kind of freeze with the opportunity to expand it to people through internet, you know? So it's pretty cool. That's something that I really want to do. And I mean, I already started doing it. So yeah, I guess that. Love that. Well, I, I, I I'm going to just throw Joe under the bus here because he always volunteers, but uh, Joe's been CEOs of, of many companies and has dabbled in the, the food space. So uh, definitely make sure you, you make that connection, Joe. And both yeah. of us will be here to help however we can because those, those buffs sound amazing. And like, I, I've only known you since November, which seems wild to me because it's only been a few months, but I feel like I know you really well. And that whatever you truly put your heart to, I have no doubt you're going to be wildly successful. So um, you've got two big fans here in your corner and anything that we can do to help, just uh, just hit me up or hit Joe up and, and we got your back. Dude, I, I'm, I'm data on that. Like I'm a fan of your guys's, especially the chemistry that both of you share. It's like, that's exactly what I mean by essence. You can't fake that. You can't, you know, tell somebody, oh, I love you. You got to kind of show them. And sometimes we all have different ways of showing that. And I feel like what I lived that day, I was, it was like, I was just kind of like whatever, like kind of like that kid that's in school and trying to get all the information that goes like this. <laughs> I was like that, you know, cause like it's a, to me, that's the beauty about life. It's like, you know, I'm not going to take my camera when I die, but I will take like probably information you know, imprinted in my soul of the people that I got the opportunity to share with. And one quote that kind of like stick to me, that was like, if you understand the power of your thoughts, you would never have a negative thought right. again. Um, I try to do that also with people around me, right? So like, whenever I'm there and someone's really achieving or trying to go for a goal, I really close my eyes sometimes and I imagine them reaching it. And it's like, you got this, you know, like, I don't have to go and say it sometimes because maybe I don't even know the person or they might take it wrong, but I like to do that. And I feel like doing that, the more I do it, it's like, it just makes you happy. And it's pretty cool to share that. And for you to say those things is honestly an honor because I always want to be next to people who are trying to do their best. And I didn't realize that community would be built through this. So I'm grateful for that, my man. We're, we're on the same journey with you, and uh, I think we'll go chase tomorrow with you. Israel, thanks for being on. It's a pleasure. We're going to keep track. Uh, in the show notes, we'll link people to your work, and uh, we're just going to just help each other um, make impact that we all know we should. Thank you, my man. Appreciate it.